millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. How come you kind of settled where you are now then? Why? Where exactly is it? You, you say you're two hours north of New York, kind of out in the countryside? Yeah, this I'm in uh, the Hudson Valley, and like in a small town up here. It's just very beautiful. And also, it is close enough to New York. We have to go back. We can, you know. Yeah. It's still within touching distance. Yeah, exactly. Well, where, where are you at? I'm in, so I'm in the countryside as well, actually. I'm up in Aberdeenshire in Scotland. Okay. Kind of no- northeast Scotland. Right on. I guess it's what you imagine Scotland as. A lot of forests, a lot of farms. There's a castle about 20 minutes walk away. Wow. All that I, kind of stuff. When I was in Glasgow, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I usually stay in glasgow now but i've kind of done the same thing as yourself and kind of left for a little bit and then probably going to head back once this has calmed down a little bit yeah to glasgow yeah do you get something about when you go into the countryside oh yeah for for sure i i think that it's a combination of enjoying being living in a rural area and also just knowing that i don't like urban city environments like inner city like you know like just city living I, I i just i know that i don't like city living so that coupled with actually enjoying being in, in a uh, country environment it's just it's a good it's a good place for me at this point you know pace of life is a little bit slower totally yeah do you do you get quite a good night sky out there in terms of stars and stuff oh it's amazing yeah i live by a cornfield and there's not a ton of artificial light around so it's perfect for some stargazing when was the last time you kind of had that i mean you kind of had that when you were did you have that in florida florida you know that's like a very i mean i'm from like a small town in florida where uh yeah the stargazing's incredible there as well so yeah i would say that it's been a long time since i've been in an environment like this you know did that 
infuse some of this new record because you kind of have little bits on it where you you almost seem kind of in awe at the, you know the vastness of the universe and I think there's a few verses that kind of directly reference stars and this this kind of idea of the night sky yeah absolutely um it's i think this record like these i, I think like all three of our records progressively became more and more inspired by nature being outside you know that that feeling of all that you kind of get when you look up at the night sky can you get that from anything else when you're in a city uh well i mean the city is totally it's got it's it's got some inspiration of its own as well i think like there's just being able to people watch like you can in a city is there you can draw a lot of inspiration from that as well you know yeah i imagine especially in new york you kind of get those interesting characters like nowhere else yeah definitely how did you come upon carl sagan's cosmos as well because i I understand that kind of had a little bit of that fed into the record a little bit too yeah yeah um i started i think for i guess i probably was in college the first time i watched that or maybe a little younger and it just stuck with me i don't know it's, it's something like i return to occasionally you know like it's like pretty pretty like uh consistent in my viewing like uh i don't know i just really love it it's just like it's have you seen the old one with carl sagan bits it's from the 80s right i think i, w- I watched it when i was a kid but not seen it in a while you should check it out again it, it's really good i i didn't even see all of the neil degrasse tyson one but cannot speak highly enough about the carl sagan one he's an interesting guy carl sagan he's kind of got that philosophical bent to him despite being an astronomer yeah yeah he's he like somehow like straddles that line to where i don't think he turns off people who are like all about being scientifically minded and he still kind of like welcomes in people who are like you know maybe a little bit more philosophical about it yeah i remember reading once he was kind of speaking about how astronomy itself when you study the stars and you kind of get a sense of how small we are small we are can be a really kind of humbling process and quite good for character building is that do you think that's something that's kind of exclusive to studying astronomy or can you get that from just looking at the stars and kind of thinking about that i don't know that's a good question i i think that that's like for somebody who's who's not who doesn't know exactly what they're looking at you know like me you can enjoy it on like a non-intellectual level too which is nice about stargazing i think it's a it's like a pretty it's good activity for anybody kind of outside of the cosmos i understand that tv kind of influences your stuff in other ways i know you kind of you reference it a few times in the record and there's films and stuff that kind of get mentioned will you write with tv on do you kind of have it playing in the background yeah i think that's like how tv references make it in is so much of my writing happens just like sitting down with an acoustic guitar on the couch you know like kind of like in like the sweet spot of being like zoned out while strumming it's almost like walking like how your mind is kind of focusing on something else and you unlock a different part of it when you do that what other stuff comes out yeah i think that's that's like pretty spot on i think like there's a lot there, there's that just that sweet spot where you're just distracted enough you can like zone out but you're still focus on something simple in my experience anyways yeah do you have certain kind of go-to things that you'll put on uh not really i mean i every time i like sit down and like commit to a ken burns series something will pop up but that's probably about it what was the last one you kind of committed to maybe it was vietnam that's a recent one right a few years back yeah yeah that's that's pretty i think it's the most recent did those kind of documentaries influence the scope of this album at all 
no, not not really. I mean, I wouldn't say it was like uh, it, I don't think it's that much an inspiration, but uh, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for for what he does in general. You know, maybe in some way it, it does inform the scope. I guess when you say respect for what he does, you mean and just like the kind of the kind of detail he goes into in the documentation process, or yeah, one that he can just make he can like pull emotion out of like you know something kind of objective. I think that can be pretty difficult to do. Yeah, kind of similar to Carl Sagan, what we were saying earlier. Totally, yeah. So this this started as a double record, right? Before kind of being whittled down, or not whittled down, but, you know, condensed into a single LP. Is there a certain urgency that comes from that in any way? The fact that you're taking that kind of massive scope and story and condensing it down into a shorter number of tracks? I mean, not really. I, I, I kind of said that in an interview i was going to make a double lp and like pretty quickly got over that you know it was just i i I don't know why it became a single lp and not a double but it was a pretty short period of time where i I was like hell bent on making a double lp about the west that stuff like like the the west vibe or whatever i think it's like pretty present in this record how it is you know it's something else than what I set out to do at that time when I gave that interview, you know. Are you very conscious of it changing shape in the moment? Oh, no. Yeah, I think it's definitely kind of happens without me even being aware of it, you know. Do you kind of have to give yourself to the process in that way if you can't predict where it's going to take you? Yeah, I think if I understand, I, I think that I do. Like, I don't really try to adhere to, like, a guideline. I Like, I think it was a bad idea to say that I was going to do to make a double record i didn't and i i like just moved on from that notion pretty quickly after i said it the way i approach songwriting now like i'm working on a new record now i'm just kind of letting it go where it wants to go you know was that the first time that you had before this that you'd set down a, a concept like that had you tried to work around a concept before well maybe with like i have this like solo project called eerie gates and the first record was kind of a concept album about like interstate driving and, and driving on bridges. But I would say that that's about the extent of making a concept album. Yeah. I guess it's interesting because I imagine that the thing with double EPs nowadays is that they seem to work double EP, sorry, double LPs nowadays is that they seem to work better almost as like a collage. Like you tend to see less concept ones like The Wall or whatever. It tends to be more like, I don't know, like the last Vampire Weekend album or whatever. It's kind of just a lot of different styles clashing with each other as yeah. opposed to something cohesive i think that that's really appealing um like father of the bride it's there's definitely not much of a theme that i could get from it it's not like a concept album and i love that song lengths vary so much and like the monitor from titus andronicus that is absolutely a concept album but to your point about like it being a collage i feel like there's you know, like spoken word on it. There's longer songs, like some pretty long ass songs in that, as well as short ones. I think that that's kind of cool as opposed to just writing like 10 songs that are all four minutes. Do you experiment in different ways then when you have less space to do so and it is just a single LP? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I like the stuff that I'm working on now, I don't know wh- what it's going to be. And so, I think that I'm definitely just open to like letting it take me wherever it wants to go, whether that's about like concept song lengths or whatever. I don't really know, I guess. Have you always been open to letting it take you 
wherever it wants to go? Or was that something you kind of evolved to as a songwriter? I think I've always kind of been that way. I think that I there 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 are times where like I set out like kind of like with this record, where like I set out with an idea to do something grand in scope, you know, with a theme, and like just pretty quickly just feel confined and abandon it, you know. At what point then? So if you have that initial idea, which you kind of move away from, at what point do you come back around to a sense of what this record is going to be and how it's going to sound and how it's going to feel? Oh my god, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I uh I kind of when I'm writing a record, I just like put my head down and write, and then a few songs in, I'll I'll, I'll like evaluate where I'm at and kind of like make small adjustments accordingly. But I I just don't I just don't know if I'm that uh if I have like a command of like that kind of scope, you know. Do you analyze your own process a lot, or do you kind of? Let it I, I try not to. Yeah, I try not to. Like, basically, I, I just I, I try to just like let it ride. You know, like I try to like be surprised by stuff that I come up with. When do you feel like you surprised yourself most working on this last record? I think maybe with the tune Amalfi. That was something that I was just noodling around with this new synth that I had gotten, and it was pretty clear quickly that like nothing else on this record sounded like that. That was like a pleasant surprise. A lot of this was done at home as well, right? Like you kind of built a lot yeah. of the record, yeah. Yeah, I did a lot of it at home um, in my apartment um, and then pretty much took stems to two studios. Um, but yeah, I would say like I, I try to get the demos as finished sounding as possible before I ever got to a studio. Do you then have more control when you're in the studio? Well, yeah, I guess it's, it becomes a lot more clear what I need to do when I get there, you know? Uh, yeah, I imagine it's good to kind of have a hold of that because studios can be, they can be strange places sometimes. It's a, it can be a weird environment. Yeah, they're not always uh, super comfortable places. Luckily, the, the two that I was working at on this record were like super homey, very, very comfortable. What about where are they? Well, one was literally at somebody's home in LA and then the other one was in Philly at like a cool old studio that my buddies friend runs i imagine they have quite similar atmospheres if they're that far apart i mean they're very different towns at least they were very different vibes um it was like during the winter as well so like philly versus la was a much different environment <laughs> but by the time i got to philly like everything was like pretty much it, it was a lot of like dubbing players in philly so like i wasn't even doing the heavy lifting how long did you spend at each studio what was the kind of ratio? Uh, in well, Philly was just a few days. That was just like two or three days, and that was the last thing I did, tracking wise. Um, but LA, I, we were there for like two weeks. That's a nice length. It's not too. It's not too short that you don't have enough time, but it's also not too long that you can kind of lose yourself in it. You're there. Do you go in with like you're there with a job to do? Yeah, definitely. I mean, every time we make a record, it's like uh, it's we're we're just like super focused, you know. Are you focused from day one or do you take a couple to settle in? No, pretty much from day one. I mean, by the time I get into make a record, like I, I know exactly what I want out of the tracking process. Um, there, like the, the experimenting has already happened a lot of it, you know, at home pretty much. Have you noticed a difference writing at home now that you're out of the say? Uh, I recently just started writing again, like two months ago. But during during the lockdown, like I, I didn't I didn't pick up a guitar for like ten months probably, um, so I just recently started getting back into writing, and I think I don't know if it's because of the environment 
that's changed or just the fact that I haven't done it in so long. I don't know. I I've got some, I've got ideas. I'm not, at least at the moment, I'm not desperate for ideas, which is nice. Is that usual for you? Would you usually take a kind of 10 month break like that or? Oh no, no, never. I, I, this is very, it was, it was strange. Like I, I like it, it snuck up on me. Like I didn't realize like I have not literally haven't picked up or, you know, like spent a, any real time playing the guitar in several months. It was, it, it was very strange to realize that. Were you being creative in any other way in the interim? Uh, not really. No. Which was also weird. It, like, I mean, I would say from like March to October, I, I finished mixing this record in January of 2020. And between then and yeah, probably like October, just didn't do anything creative. Really, it was just such a weird time. Yeah, I, I don't know why that was. I mean, obviously, like we were locked down, you know, but yeah, I don't know. When did you move in that period? March. Yeah, maybe just settling in. Yeah, I think there's definitely some of that going on, you know? And like, we were kind of like working out some of the details with this record. I don't know. It just didn't feel like a very creative musical time for a while. Had you had that at any other period in your life? No, never. I mean, like since I was like, I don't know, 13, 12, 13, I've, I've always been doing something, you know? Right, like writing wise. I wonder if it was maybe pandemic related. Had you ever stopped? Were you quite a busy guy before this whole hit? Like just with songwriting? Just in general. Like the way that our whole lives kind of ground to a halt when this thing kicked off. Was this the first time you kind of paused for breath in such a dramatic way? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I wonder if, I mean, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But it seems like it would be the opposite that once you have a ton of free time, you would probably be making music more. Yeah, yeah I guess there's less to inspire you though. That's a good point. You seem to get quite inspired by the everyday though. Like on this record, you'll quite often do that thing where you you take something huge, like we're saying like the vastness of the universe, and you'll juxtapose it with, I can't remember what the line is, it's like Jasmine on a fence post or something. Yeah, um, but I think that to get that kind of inspiration, you, you have to like literally get out of your house or your apartment and just like just be moving around during the day. And yeah, it was just a very stagnant time. Can you switch the songwriting thing off? Like, are you constantly searching for inspiration? Could not intentionally shut it off, but could also just like, if I have an idea, I have to write it down in my phone or else I'll just forget it. And so, you know, definitely in that 10 month period was not writing anything down. So in that way, like, yeah, I, I did shut it off. Where did you find you were reflecting with the added kind of mental space that you had or where were you going? Oh no, I don't know. It's, uh, it definitely wasn't like a conscious effort to like recharge the batteries or anything. I think it was just like a lack, total lack of inspiration. Just not even thinking about it, you know. Do you think you were collecting without realizing it? By the way, they all just kind of flew out when you went back to writing, did you say a couple months ago? No, for sure. I think that like taking that break definitely put some ideas in the hopper. But I, but nothing that like, it wasn't like I had an idea. I'm like, oh, I'm going to save this for later. I think it just kind of happens organically. Do you know the stuff that you've written? Are you able to kind of see where that's coming from in your life? And what's fueling it? Inspiration yeah, for, for sure. There's like, there's something going on theme wise right now. But like, I, I can't say anything because I'm going to get myself in another, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. double LP situation. Without going too into specifics though, can you see it? relating to the last 10 months is it coming from that period or are you pulling from another yeah. part of your life yeah 
It is. Yeah. I think it's definitely inspired by the shutdown, the pandemic for sure. It's funny. You had that groundhog day lyric before this all kind of kicked off. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, that's, uh, obviously not a reference to, uh, the pandemic, but like that, that is kind of like how I felt while I was writing that record. I was just like, like working, doing some like menial mundane jobs and like just on the service of like just making time to like come home and write each day. Like it, it just became kind of like formulaic. How would you have escaped that? Do you think if there wasn't a pandemic? Like, well, you must have, you must have noticed it. So did you, had you started to put things in place to kind of break free from that pattern before this all kicked off? No, I mean, I didn't really see how I could have, you know, like it was, uh, I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> um, the pandemic shook up everybody's lives, obviously, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I think that like, if, if I can come out the other end, like, and everyone I love comes out the other end, like, hopefully it's being, making some better habits than I had before the pandemic, you know? Quite in a conscious way, or do you just see it, feel it subconsciously happening? I don't know, maybe both. You know, I think, like, moving helped a lot. Clean slate, like, maybe being able to enjoy this new, the, the place where I moved to a little more, you know? Does it feel more normal out there, if you kind of have that space anyway? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like... Just the reality of living in cities versus non-city areas is the non-city areas. People are, you know, it is, I guess, I don't know if it's like more normal or not, but people are, it doesn't seem as dire as it is in the cities, you know. We've kind of spoken a little bit about history as well, which I know is an interesting view. Is that something you've always been interested in? Yeah. I mean, since I was a kid, yeah. Just like American history and different periods of American history, for sure. Do you kind of go through phases in the same way? you know, you might get into a certain style of music at a point in your life. Will the same thing happen with history? Will you kind of get into a certain period of history at a certain point in your life? That's a good question. Yeah, I think so. But maybe not as like passionately as I do about music. But yeah, my my interest in like different periods of time like have definitely changed pretty regularly, you know. So you were kind of, were you into the West when you were doing this record, but that's kind of moved on to Vietnam now? Uh, I wouldn't say it's that cut and dry, but I, I would say like, at at the time, I had just watched Ken Burns, The West, and uh, like he had, he had one about the Lewis and Clark expedition, and though I watched those like pretty close together, and that was that was at that time a a, a big inspiration on this record for sure. I think that yeah, obviously that's where like the West, the germ of that idea started. You know, what was the what's the kind of background to that story? They came over here. This is it. Did oh, yeah. well, did it? So they uh, discovered the West Coast, basically. I, I think they set out from like Missouri, I want to say, with like a small crew and just like wandered west across the country. They made it back, but I think like one of them had like a pretty sad ending, like he killed himself. Crazy story, though. Highly recommend. You should definitely watch the documentary. Yeah. I need to try and warp my way through them. A lot of the yeah they're dense i mean the west is like you really got to spend some time with that one it's so long it's because it's such a rich kind of period of history there's a lot went on absolutely yeah have you ever done like a road trip around the country or anything have you ever kind of gone and explored this history in quite a direct way no not in a not in a direct way we, we've been on tour across the country a lot and like it's on my mind when I'm doing that for sure, but I, I haven't ever done like a, like a history trail or anything like that. That would be cool though. Have you ever explored your family history? A little bit. 
I, actually, I think my dad's side way, way, way back is from Scotland. Nice. Yeah, my mom's side, they came to the U.S. much more recently. I think there was quite a few Scots went over, like, back in, I think it was like 1800s, wasn't it? Kind of 19th century. I'm actually not sure. I, I think that uh, my dad's family was here by that time. Maybe even further back. How does when you're looking at history, do you kind of think about it in the context of the time we live in now? Not consciously. I I don't think so. You know, I kind of t- just take it as like uh, at face value, I guess. Thinking about the kind of history of your music as well. You know, when we look back to the first two records, and you've with all th- or even like the, I'm talking about all three. When we look at them, kind of leading into this one, you have the same covers. There's kind of some parallels in terms of the songs flowing into each other. Is it a different process writing three records in when you kind of have a back catalogue starting to take shape? Do you think about this album in the context of what you've done before when you're working on it? Uh, a little bit. I try not to let it inform any like of my decisions, but I guess, yeah, I can't help but be aware of it, you know, for sure. At what point in the process on this did you kind of feel you were most aware of it? I, I can't even say. I don't know. I, I, the only thing I'm like really aware of is I don't want to like repeat myself too much. You know, um, but like like we were talking about earlier, like I'm, I definitely just want to let ideas uh, percolate, which is something like I've carved out time with for each record as it, time went on. The first record I wrote pretty quickly with Yoke and the Fur, I took a little bit more time. And then A Billion Little Lights, it was almost a year and a half, two years or so for these songs from like start to finish. Definitely more and more interested in giving the songs like just room you know when you allow the ideas to come freely like that does that make it easier to go in new directions i don't know but it makes the the songs feel a little bit more complete to me at least i mean how do they kind of arrive like do they arrive as fully formed kind of structured things or do they kind of arrive in snippets or no definitely snippets definitely trying to like piece together as cohesively as possible a bunch of like whatever vignettes or snippets that's probably how I'd describe it. Is that what kind of leads to some of the interesting structures? Like you're not always kind of just doing the classic, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Then there's a lot of songs that are structured in a bit more of an abstract way and trying a different thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, like with this record, I was trying to like challenge myself by like writing in a conventional whatever A B A B C B song structure. You know, like there's like probably two or three songs on this record that like had to like kind of stay focused on that concept of like just keeping things a little bit more conventional just as like a, an experiment you know what were the kind of results of that experiment what did you realize and find out from it well it was fun uh, it's also hard to make a song with a conventional structure sound it's harder it's harder it's like i get bored with it quicker you know did you do those songs at the start or the end of the process where do they kind of fit in the chronology uh, they were they were peppered in throughout like like i'd write something maybe that like was definitely not with a conventional structure and then kind of take a break and then go make one that was you know when you're working on that way is the soundscape already starting to take shape or are you literally just constructing the spine and the structure of the song at this point i don't really know i mean i kind of like again just I'm, i'm not really thinking about i spend more time thinking about it like on a granular level than like the big picture you know so taking it song by song and just trying to write a song that, that I think it sounds good and then that I'm not bored to play. When does a snippet that you've written identify itself 
as a you know a chorus or a bridge or a verse at what point does it kind of start to occupy that that space and the structure of it i would say pretty early on you know typically start out with a chorus something that i think is like the strongest part of the tune and then kind of start decorating around that with new sections you know when you're writing in those traditional structures like you were saying are you looking for the verses to do something different than they might in one of the more unconventionally structured songs or are they still serving the same role? I think they still serve the same role, you know, like the verses still work as verses, but the, the, the song might not repeat itself from verse one to verse two. Yeah. You do something. What's the song you do where you take, I think you take the first verse and repeat it to finish the song. I think it is it. You can have it back. That one has a more conventional verse, chorus, verse, chorus thing going on. I think I think you take the first verse and you you close the song on it as well, like it comes back in. I'm trying to think. Maybe that's track mud. It's an interesting idea. I was just wondering what was kind of fueling that narratively, but yeah, I mean, a lot of those decisions are just uh, it's it's just about writing something that like will be fun to play live and that doesn't get too too repetitive or too boring. You know, is that why you kind of put the, you'll put certain things in place like you were saying to write in a traditional structure does that force you to be more creative so that it doesn't become boring when you kind of maybe try change a little bit to something that's more traditional does it force yeah you to be absolutely more it, it makes me think about like with the songs that have a tr- conventional song structure the lyrics tend to be like more of like a, a storytelling song you know so i think it makes a new challenge for to write lyrics that that you know that read like a story how many songs did you write for the record i think there was 15 total and did they all feel cohesive or they were the other ones removed because they didn't quite fit they they i think they did feel cohesive um i think that the it didn't i mean i plan to release some of those songs soon you know as like an ep i think they totally would have worked on the record I think I also just like the idea of making a 10-song album, though, you know? How come? I don't know. Just a nice, even number. Do you think about the structure of the record as a whole in that way as well? Like, I imagine if you have 10 songs, it's easier to kind of divide it up into parts. Like, if the opener close their first half and it all flows equally. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Are you structuring it in a different way when it's an EP as opposed to a record? Like, if you're going to put those five tracks out, how are you kind of going about that? The EP... I think the EP does have a bit of flow to it, but I'm definitely not thinking about it the way that I do a full length. A little bit less precious about it. Just following your intuition again in the same way you would with the songwriting. I think so. Can you ever lose touch with your intuition? Have you ever felt like you've lost touch with your intuition at any point in your life? For sure. Yeah, definitely. Always managed to find it again. Luckily, you know, I don't know. I think it can be fickle. I think that you can lose your way for sure. Can you usually find a clear reason for it and why it's gone for a while? No. I mean, I haven't really analyzed it, but I am not that I found, you know. Does it usually leave for like a, a typical period? Like it, I'm talking like lengthwise, how long will it kind of go for before it returns? Oh, I, I have no idea. I don't, I mean, I can't say that I've ever noticed that it started at one point and came back at another point. I think it happens more in retrospect where I'll write something and be like, yeah, I don't know about that, you know. Can you ever find anything in the stuff you've written while it's gone? I'm sure it's happened. 
you know, um, nothing that I can call to mind now. Do you think it's ever, has it ever gone when you've been in a studio or is it always just during the writing process? I don't think it's happened in the studio, probably because by the time I get to a studio, I'm, I'm pretty much ready to go. I'm like, I've been preparing for it. Yeah, you've, you've worked in the ideas so much that you've got conviction in them. Yeah, like I just know what to do by the time I get there. Do you feel self-doubt or conviction fuels your music more? That's a good question. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think they're both present at times, you know? As to which one is more conducive to, to, to writing a song, I, I don't know. Can you hear them both on this record? Yeah, I think so. Like in quite different ways, or? I don't know. I just don't know. I don't, I tried, I really just don't analyze in that way, but I think it would, it would be maybe take some of the enjoyment out for me to, to, to be thinking about it like that, you know? So when, when you're thinking about your music, are you just thinking about it in quite a present tense? Are you just thinking about what you're working on in that moment? Do you tend to reflect and try and you don't really, or? I really try not to. I, and, and in fact, like once a record is made and recorded and, really once the recording process is done like i i really move on very quickly it seems it seems it feels like a document at the time and then it's it's just like you know i feel i'm glad that i did it and then it's i'm i'm off to the next tune you know Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.